0: That's the Tavern Keeper's history. So Cedric, after your ghostly encounter near the Isle of Whites, you said you were going to somewhere called Muddy Point to get on your ship to leave Albion. What and where is this then? Och well, Muddy Point is the most southerly point on the coastline of Albion. It lies on the peninsula that just juts out of the southwestern corner of the island. Once, long ago, the mudflats were confined to the area to the west of the large estuary just south of the uh, Great hog hills but as the island became a magnet to rain fog and storm they've spread south and west and now the whole peninsula has become nothing more than a wide muddy expanse hence the name but that said it's still one of few areas on the coast of albion that provides a landing point along the east coast the rugged coastline is all treacherous rocky beaches beyond which white cliffs stand over the choppy seas thereabouts hide sharp jagged rocks eager to impale the hulls of any boats that get too close, as well as sandbars to strand the unwary. But to the west, it's far less perilous. And when would-be invaders have managed to make their way through the fog and past the sea monsters, it's more often than not here that they have landed. All that said, making landfall is only half the battle. The beaches there are so waterlogged that large pools of quicksand infest the area. Oh, yeah, my goodness. Sucking you off down into a watery grave. Oh well, no, actually, that's not how quicksand kills. That's one of those tropes, wheeled out by writers in the cities, who've never even been to the beach, let alone experienced quicksand firsthand. If you step in quicksand, you'll sink alright, but at worst, only halfway. You just can't physically sink any further. You see, we uh, we humans are naturally buoyant. Coarser than sand, at least. Of course, that means that you fall in head first. Well, you're dead. But barring that, you've got a chance. What you need to do is to uh, lean towards harder ground and try and spread yourself wide, moving ever so slightly, little by little, and teasing your way out. It's all about very, very slow movement. But What kills you unwary is this, the first thing you do is you panic and you thrash about. This makes the sun grip you harder and harder, squeezing your body tighter and tighter. That'll start to crush you. And even though we've rescued some people from it, they've still lost their legs because of this. But the main thing that kills people is the stuff that gets you whilst you're stuck there. The tide can come in and drown you. If it's winter, you'll simply freeze to death. Or if you're still there at nightfall, one of the many dangerous nocturnal creatures that makes the home on the mudflats will emerge and make a meal of you. Most common of these are the uh, giant crabs. As soon as the sun goes down and the moons come up, vast casts of crabs scuttle across the beach. The clickety-clack of their razor-sharp claws echoing out in the night. These will make short work of you. Especially if you're trapped in the sands and you can't defend yourself. I can tell you that. Our group was actually ambushed by uh, some of these as we moved to board our boat to leave Albion. We'd spent the day moving along the clifftops to the east uh, to try and avoid the worst of the mudflats. But eventually we had to descend to the water's edge to get on board. The sun had just set and Murchard had once more conjured up some uh, fire to light our way. But, as he did so, we saw an undulating wave of crab carapaces swarming out over the sands towards us. We had no choice. We ran. We ran like the sea itself was at our backs, threatening to swallow us up. The hard clack, clack of the crabs still got closer and closer, though. Our two protectors, Aidan and Braden, hurled sharp stones with pinpoint accuracy from their slings at the nearest of them. Shots that would have caved in the skull of even an orc, but they merely bounced off the thick carapaces of the crabs. It was at this very moment that Moloa, one of my uh, four fellow truthsayers, whose specialism was the uh, magic of Haish, stepped up, placing himself between the oncoming horde and ourselves. And raising up his staff of light high. Fry you fools! Whilst to hold them here, no one argued. We knew his magics were our best chances surviving this, and so, with that, we continued running across the dark sands towards the Astalian merchant vessel that was waiting for us, as Molia began to chant, Karkalug alasa gesi, Karkalaluga Suddenly, the sands beneath the cast of crabs began to seethe up, as hundreds of hounds, made up of near blinding light, began to claw their way from its surface and seize the legs of the horde of crustaceans, holding the largest of them fast while dragging the smaller ones down below to their deaths. We boarded our boat and called out to Moloa to come join us. He quickly turned to face us, and he too began to run, hope lighting up his face. But then, behind him, the hands of light, known to us as the hands of uh, Karkara, a truthsayer from ancient times, were beginning to fade, and the remaining crabs resumed their pursuit. Closer and closer they came to Moloa, but at the very moment we were sure he was to be caught and torn to pieces maranda the captain of the astalian boat ordered his cannons fire on the remaining crabs dispersing the creatures and allowing moloa to make it on board ah i see by the gods that was a very close call indeed but sorry to interrupt again did I mishear you at the start of that little tale? You said that Muddy Point lay to the west of somewhere known as the Great Hog Hills. Do you mean hog as in a pig? Why, yes, I did. Ah, oh, of course. You like your pigs, don't you, there, Septimus? Oh, yeah, Master Keeper. Me too. I do love me some pork. Ah, actually, Cedric wasn't referring to my culinary preferences. I'm more of a poultry man. I even keep a number of coops of chickens lining the parapet around the platform off the roof. Oh, Septimus here. Has a pair of uh, sows outside. Ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Savants I heard earlier squealing. You keep them in that lovingly made pen, don't you? What were their names again, by the way? Ah, well, the elder is called Sally, and the one with the black spots is Holly, although they're both quite old. I won them in a game of cards a few years back from uh, old Fabian, or the farmer, before he went on to lose everything he owned in a similar fashion, and fled the debt collectors to become a pirate. I'll not deny that I've grown fond of these two. And uh, they've uh, been a great help in cleaning things up around here. Honestly, they'll eat anything. Ah, yeah, yeah. Including Skaven heads, it seems. Ah, yes, indeed. Although, it might be an idea to try and avoid feeding them too many of those. Skaven, from the lowliest slave to the most cutthroat seer, have a taste for warp stone. And that stuff has a has a strange effect on living things. Ah, as it was in that there, uh, ancient poem you told me. What was it, oh? Ah, the doom of Kavzar, wasn't it? Ah, by the quill of Holy Cleo the Scrivener. Yes, you're right. The great bell tolled a death knell for that fell-doomed place. And soon dark stones cleft the heavens, eager to lay waste to the hearths and homes of the men so dastardly maligned. And after many grew sick. And died in ways unkind. And instead, the vermin returned, larger, unnaturally grown. Their slinking furred shapes infesting every ruin and broken home. They feasted on the fallen and pulled down the frail and weak. And each midnight the bell told thirteen over a city cold and bleak. Its sound, brazen and triumphant, for the verminous horde. For the mandings lived as hunted creatures. Pray for their new rat lords. I, I, I'd I, not made the connection there at all. My girls have already consumed a whole clan rat that was snooping around the tavern at the outbreak of the invasion. I'd uh, killed it with my mallet as I was breaking up some rotten barrels out back and needed to get rid of the remains fast. I hope they're all right. Ach, well... There's not to be done now. Let us hope. But if not, be on your guard. I'm sure they will be fine, Master Tavernkeeper. but uh, I did not know that you were a card player. Ah, no mere card player. I warn you now, never play cards with this man. He will own your soul before the evening is finished. Wasn't it in another game of cards that you acquired this very tavern, Septimus? From Umberto the unscrupulous, the vicious moneylender. Ah yes, it was indeed. But perhaps, that's not a story we should go into now. And didn't he disappear soon after? I heard he was murdered by one of his old clients. Oh, what is up with the pigs? Oh, uh, probably just hungry. But anyway, I do not know anything about the uh, disappearance of Umberto. I feel we should move on from this topic now. I've no desire to awaken unquiet spirits with more sleep on the rise. Ah, yeah, yeah, Master Tavernkeeper, Let us turn our attention elsewhere, then. Cedric, you were about to talk about the great hogs of Albion, I believe. Ach, indeed it was. I too do not touch the flesh of hog and boar, but for reasons different than mere preference and attachment. One of our oldest customs and beliefs is that the hog is a sacred animal. No knight would ever kill a hog for its meat or hide. Instead, they're allowed to freely roam around the island as they please, and as a result, grow to an enormous size. But they're not only different in bulk, when compared to the boars that you uh, get here in the Old World as ridden by the orcs. They're also... Different in character, too. The boars of Albion are nowhere near as ill-tempered and vicious as the beasts you get here. You're not likely to find a giant hog of Albion on the battlefield, for instance. They're far too busy rooting around in the ground, snuffling out grubs, and they'll only become menacing if you interrupt them as they're feeding. Ah, but we too, here in the Old World, have even larger boars than the the run-of-the-mill pigs that you see uh, many orcs riding upon. Oh, really? I have not encountered any of them. Where do you find those? Ah, well, these especially large and aggressive boars are only found in the Badlands. The orcs breed them to be completely carnivorous, extremely belligerent, and twice the size of your average boar. The orcs then employ them as mounts for the most vicious of their kind. Do these, then, perhaps, resemble your Hogs of Albion, at least uh, superficially. Ah, oh, well, in size perhaps. Their origins couldn't be more different, though. We believe that when a giant dies, cut down in battle, his spirit is transformed into the body of a great hog, and as such, each beast is a sacred and holy creature. For as the giants are the protectors of Albion, then we, the people of Albion, must be the protectors of the great hogs. Indeed, the Venerable Marbon, the most senior truth in our seminary, kept a great white pep boar, who was a gentle, if a little bit of an overly friendly creature, called Tork. Anyhow, the belief has uh, spread over the centuries, and now you can find gigantic statues carved into the shape of hogs from coast to coast. The heart of this practice is the great hogs. Here, you can see huge drawings, hundreds of feet in length, carved into the hills, very much like the depiction of the uh, giant bollocks I uh, mentioned earlier, if you recall. But unlike that piece of hillside art, these drawings are not the work of men. No, they're the work of the giants themselves. At the seminary, before his accident, the ancient giant Magrig the Wise taught us, Truthsayers, that each one is drawn to preserve the memory of one of the uh, legendary great giant kings of Albion, whose reigns harken back to their earliest days when they served the Old Ones directly in lockstep with the first Truthsayers. Magrig also told us about an ancient legend told by the giants, the legend of the Big One. Oh, Yeah! Now, this sounds like my kind of legend. Ach, it might be different than what you're thinking about, Heinrich. But uh, anyhow, it tells of a gigantic giant riding a mighty hawk, who will return to lead them to glory and take the giants to the long-lost kingdom, far to the east. A mythical realm where the trees tower over the giants' heads and beasts as large and hard as great boulders prowl rich grasslands. Oh, that can only be the ancient land of the Sky Titans. Aye, I do believe so. The one you told us about earlier. The one that had been destroyed by the ogres over 4,000 years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. How tragic. Tragic.